Hello and welcome to Easy Operations, Episode 5. Can you believe it's been that many already? Uh, it just feels like yesterday we were starting this up and we're still learning, but we're here, we're trucking along. I'm joined as usual by my friend James, my constant companion, the one that has been there from the very beginning. How are you, James? Doing good, man. What about yourself? Oh, doing good. And also making his triumphant return, Mondo, the loose cannon, who has not been heard since episode two. Is it two or three, Mondo? Which one? Where's your last appearance? Uh, I want to say episode three. <laughs> See, even the loose cannon can't remember. That's when he did a voiceover. <laughs> yes, oh, sir. yes. Yes. That's when he patched in, in the patch notes, his... Uh, his little uh, commentary. So we appreciate that, Mondo, and welcome back. So what have you guys been up to? Um, as for me, I was reading comics over the past week. I was reading the Avengers vs. X-Men 2012 uh, edition. Uh, this is uh, 12 issues total, so I just skimmed through it. It was a great read. It's really easy to get into. Um, it brought back the Phoenix Force and basically just a synopsis. Don't want to give out too much away because this was, again, such a great read for me. Um, and if you guys... Pick this up. I feel that you'll have a great time reading this comic. Uh, but Hope Summers is assumed to be the next host of this Phoenix Force, which is kind of like this entity, a cosmic entity that can bring life or death to the universe, basically. And you have one side, you got the Avengers who feel that if the Phoenix Force possesses Hope Summers, it's going to be the end of all mankind, mutant or human. It's just going to be the death of everything. And you have the opposing side, X-Men. They feel that if Hope Summers can somehow figure out a way to control the Phoenix Force, it could bring a rebirth to all of mutants. So you have these conflicting issues, and that's what they're fighting over. Who's Hope Summers? Really uh, she is the daughter of Cable. Cable is also the son of Scott Summers, which is uh, AKA also known as Cyclops, the leader of the X-Men. Okay, well, uh, this came out in 2012. What uh, platform did you view this on? Did you like buy a trade paperback? You go to the library, or you pick this up on an iPad? What'd you do? Uh, funny enough, uh, a coworker of mine was like, "Hey, man, uh, you said you like the X Men." I'm like, "Yeah, here, check this out." So he gave me like a paperback containing all the issues, and I, I just fell in love with it after reading the first two uh, issues of that comic. You know what? Uh, to me, that's the best way. Uh, I'm a traditionalist. I know James will disagree with me, but I like having it in my hand. You could take it with you if you're on a plane. You don't have to worry about turning off the equipment. And it's just the best way to consume it. You could just have it there. And I'm old school in that respect. I like the trade paperback. And James, I know you're going to tell me you prefer the digital copy. Why is that? Can you guys read it in the dark? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? <laughs> because you could be lying in bed. You could be, you know, on the toilet, in the dark, for whatever reason. But... You know, if you don't need any light to have a good comic book viewing experience through digital format. But, you know, I agree with you guys, too, in a sense that I do collect trade paperbacks as well once in a while whenever they're on sale. But I do prefer uh, having it on the go on my phone and, like, tablet devices. I also read this AVX uh, comic as well, and I agree with Mondo. It's really good. Some shocking things happen in it, so... Oh, yeah. Who was awesome. a writer on it? Do you guys happen to know? Uh, good question. I'm not 100% sure. I can pull it out right now, but it's got to go through my collection. But I don't remember. I think it's Jason. it might have been Jason Aaron, uh, who mm-hmm. recently did the Thor comics, but I cannot confirm that as of right now. The art in it All is right. great, though. 
Well, you you can't get go wrong with the name. It's Avengers versus X Men. Uh, so keep an eye on that if you're interested in some comic books. And uh, James, what about you? What have you been up to? I've uh, just been following uh, my beloved LA Clippers. Right now, they're having a trouble time at the playoffs. Uh, as of yesterday, I went to Yard House, and me, just giving you everyone a heads up, I am not a beer guy. I've been searching my whole life for one beer that I can enjoy and and and, and like and accompany uh, my friends here in uh, the refreshing taste of beer. And I disliked pretty much everything. But I did find one so far at the Yard House. Okay. It's called Fromer. I'm not sure if you ever heard of that. So it seems like a German type of beer, but it's kind of, uh, I guess, fruit-based, maybe raspberry. Not 100% sure, but it tastes kind of sweet. And mm-hmm. that's by far the best beer I've ever had. The only problem is I can't. it's not something that you would find normally on tap or, or just maybe in stores. I feel like I can only find these on in restaurants such as Yard House. Or- well, okay, let me ask you a question that I don't even know if you'll know the answer to, but would you describe it more, because I, I am into beers, everybody, uh, as a cider or more of a sour? I do not know the difference, but I don't think it's a cider. I've, I've been touring uh, ciders quite often, and I don't notice. It doesn't seem very familiar to ciders from what I can tell, but I am not the best one to ask with that. So I feel like the cider would very lean heavily on the fruit flavor, whereas the sours, it's more of an aftertaste and it does have a bit of a tartness on the back end. Um, I, do I, myself, say that it's, uh, I do say that it is more heavy towards flavor rather than okay. the bitterness and aftertaste of whatever it's trying to uh, be like most beers are. Oh, interesting. So oh, got to check that one. Well, got to check that out. From, from a, what was it called? Fromer. Fromer. Fromer Raspberry. That's correct. I don't know if it's called Romero Raspberry, but it, to me, it tastes like raspberry. Now, James, okay. did they uh, at the Yard House, did they say that this was a seasonal drink maybe or or is just on their menu at all times? No clue. It was recommended to me by uh, my wife, Claudia, and uh, Charlie. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they'll have it there at all times then. Huh. All right. Well, head on down to your yard house. Uh, I myself had a couple of beers that I like recently uh, while we're on the topic. Uh, Game of Thrones came out with these type of beers, this uh, brewery called Oma Gang. Um, and this one was called the Three-Eyed Raven, which is a dark saison. This is brewed in the bottle, so it has actually a little cork. Um, and it's not like widely you know, produced. And I enjoyed it very much. James, I don't think you would like this at all. I think Mondo would like it. I'm getting into some of the darker beers as of late. Uh, so I enjoyed that. If you find this Omegan Game of Thrones, Three-Eyed Raven, I'd highly recommend it. Sounds and gimmicky. Uh, yeah. It, it, it is, but it was good. And, and I'll put that up there with the uh, Mortal Kombat one. Oh, wait, I wait, had uh, – I believe it was the uh, Sub-Zero one or the Scorpion one. It was probably the mm. Sub-Zero one. And I loved it. I I just loved it. It not for the gimmick, but it was actually a legit beer. I mean, that's what made me get it. But I don't know. It was kind of cool. So it, Ron, you know, not everything gimmicky is bad. Ron, I take back my nerd comment. You just said Mortal Kombat. I'm pretty sure I'll probably go get that. Well, come on. <laughs> now, this is a video game podcast and pop culture podcast. How much more nerdy can we get? But it's all in good fun. <laughs> <laughs> so as for me, uh, I – was listening to the Serial podcast. Actually, no, 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 no. I take that back. It's not Serial. It's S-Town. I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. S-Town, everybody. It was inspired, and it sort of came from the format of the Serial podcast. 
but it's called S Town, and uh, I'm not going to say what the real name is because this is our family friendly one. But um, this is a story of a very eccentric person that lives, um, I believe it was uh, Alabama, that contacted a reporter to discuss a murder that happened in town that he felt was unjust and he felt was potentially being covered up by the police. And, uh, you know, it follows this person's life and the reporter. He goes there and basically it takes on another life of its own and someone else gets killed. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give away too much about it, but it's about seven episodes. If you're into podcasts that kind of explore what life is like uh, uh, in, a, in a different part of the country that I certainly am not familiar with. Um, it was really interesting. I would highly recommend it. Is Any this, of you guys into uh, these type of podcasts? Is this a work of fiction or is this True a real story. story? True story. True story. Okay. Uh, I, I actually, let me recommend you one. You may like it since you like the serial and S-Town uh, format. You may like this one called uh, My Favorite Murder, where it's okay. these two girls that wow. talk about real um, stories of unsolved mysteries, actually, and uh, true stories on how they came about. Something that may interest you, it's not long format. Each episode is a different murder or case, and uh, they're more. it's very more entertaining. These two girls, they kind of like make jokes of certain things of it, and it's presented in a more less monotone way, in my opinion, uh, but something <laughs> maybe you might want to check out. Okay, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Uh, one more thing I wanted to add about the uh, S-Town podcast is, whereas in the past, the serial podcast came out every week and you had to tune in for the latest episode, this one was released Netflix style, which is kind of interesting. And they released all seven episodes all at once. So if you wanted to, you can go binge it and you can listen to the whole thing right now. So just something to consider out there. Um, Mondo and I didn't go to the movies, James, but I think you watched a couple of things. Uh, what was it? Uh, I didn't go out to the movies, but I did rewatch uh, some movies that came out recently. One of, the, one of them was called Split. It's with James McAvoy, where he has about 20-something uh, multiple personalities. Um, and it's been it's it's pretty good thriller. Same thing with Get Out, another movie. Also by the same producing house called Bloom, I believe. They've been doing these low-budget horror movies or thrillers. And they've been doing really well in the sense that it's very practical old school format and it's more about telling a good story than it is uh you know spectacle with you know uh, cheap scares and uh, loud noises get out is really cool it's very social commentary as you can tell since it's directed by jordan peele uh, but definitely something that you if anyone is a genre fan of horror uh, definitely check out and if you do you know maybe leave us a comment on what you think on it and if you guys see it let me know well, I did watch a Get Out when it came out in the movie theater. I loved it. Um, but did you catch anything on either of these on the rewatch that perhaps you hadn't considered beforehand? Yeah, and Get Out specifically, because since I was w more aware of the twist what happens in the second half, you get a little bit of insights and details that you kind of catch that you don't notice before because you're looking out more for them on the second viewing. Kind of like Sixth Sense was back in the day um, when you watch it the second time and you notice things. That resulted to whatever the twist was at the end. I felt like yeah. it was a great to watch this again, especially Get Out. All right. Well, I know, Mondo, uh, you were watching a couple of TV shows. Uh, what What have you been up to or watching? Uh, I was trying to catch up on Bosch. I heard the uh, third season's out. And uh, so I went out and, you know, loaded up my Xbox One, went into Amazon Video, and uh, saw the first three episodes. And 
this is a pretty much a detective kind of uh, driven show. It follows Harry Bosch, played by Titus Williver. Uh, you might know him, uh, especially you guys. He was uh, in the show Lost. Forgot his character, but the Man uh, in Black wasn't it? Man he, wasn't in he? Black. Man in Black. That is correct. Uh, that's correct. And in this show, pretty much like in the opening scene, uh, we see uh, Harry Bosch, the homicide detective. Uh, he does something uh, in his own way. He pretty much uh, shoots, and I guess it's a bit of a spoiler. Uh, it's first three minutes, but yeah, I'll just say it. Uh, he shoots and kills a serial murder suspect, unfortunately. Um, so he's standing trial in the first uh, few episodes that I'm watching. Um, but you see his uh, character develop because of the trial. You get to uh, know more about his past and his character. <laughs> yeah, this this show is on Amazon, by the way. You didn't mention uh, that's the only way you can watch this. It's, uh, you have to have a Prime subscription or Amazon subscription. Uh, but I've heard great things about this show. I want to watch it. It's just so many things to watch out there. Uh, James, are you familiar with this show? Uh, I have not. I see the posters everywhere. I like that actor, but nothing has interested me in it so far. I haven't seen much marketing on it, to be honest. But I do hear good things. There's three seasons for a reason. I'll eventually maybe get to it, but I have a lot to catch up on right now. Yeah, same here. So for me, uh, I had a couple of free days and uh i ended up going back to flash uh and i'm on the second season that is now available on netflix and uh, i really like this show uh it does suffer from being a little bit of you know it came from the cw network and so it is a little heavy on the romance between certain people and it's like oh i can't get this girl i like this girl i have feelings for this girl but just really fun show. I really do feel like it captured the spirit of what The Flash is. And uh, I, I'm having a lot of fun with this show. And I know, James, you're completely caught up. Is this even on season three or not yet? It, it's about to finish soon. I believe the season finale is going to air, I believe, next week. What's kind of cool, though, with Netflix, uh, they have an agreement with CW in a sense that after the series ends, a week later, the whole uh, season is on Netflix already. So you can catch up pretty fast, Ron, oh, awesome. if you wanted to. So. I enjoy Flash quite a lot. That's probably currently the best out of the CW-verse, as, or the Arrowverse, they call it, where there's Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and now Supergirl. Supergirl is actually great. I would recommend that as well. Uh, but as of right now, Flash is definitely the best. Yeah, I think Arrow starts out strong in the first couple of seasons, but then as it adds more to its cast, I feel like it just loses some of its momentum and it... Uh... I, I wasn't enjoying it as much. By uh, the way, this this current season, in terms of Arrow, they've almost went back to basics in regards to So they kind of resolved some of your issues you may have had uh, of the prior season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's getting back to being good again. It's been having a little rough couple of seasons, but it's slowly getting back to form. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, James, you mentioned... Uh... Legends of Tomorrow, I found that to be completely unwatchable. Like, I was tuned out halfway through the first episode, man. That that show, that first season is pretty terrible. But it's one of those so bad is good type of things where it's like, oh, it's, it went overly campy. Sort of like Gotham, in my opinion. I prefer and if I it went all the way. And I tuned out on that as well. Right. If it went all the way, that's why I like it. It's not a good show by any means, but it's more fun than good. Uh, but the second season, actually, for Legends of Tomorrow, is vastly better. They got rid of a lot of the crappy characters from the first season, and they do a lot of more, a lot more interesting stories. And what's kind of cool about these Arrow versus 
is that they all cross over. They always have a event, sort of like comics, where all four shows will have a crossover uh, episode where each epi- each episode of a series is one ep- uh, one part on the week um, long story. So it's pretty cool. So it's nice to see everyone all join up, sort of like Avengers. And, and they know how to do fun really well. That's what I think that the CW shows have uh, locked down is the fun portion. Not so much on like Arrow. The... Not uh-huh. so much on Arrow, but the other three shows, I think so. I just don't like the concept, and, and this applies to some other shows as well. When people tell you, oh, well, it, it doesn't get good until the second season. It's like, okay, I got to give up like 12 hours of my time to watch one season or even more. Um, and because if you don't, if you just jump into the second season, you don't have that context and you don't know what's going on. So I just, I don't like that concept of it. I know it happens, but it just, it's a lot of investment. Well, think about it. Like the wire, that was pretty tough to get into until like the third season, which became great. But no way, I was throwing, all in from the beginning. No, nope. man, that's that second season. I didn't like what's. It was okay that courtroom uh, season. That one dragged so much. I know. Well, it paid okay, off but that's later. a separate one, which is a strong first season, but then. The second one struggles to find its kind of footwork. Okay, okay. That makes yeah. sense. I, fair enough. All right. Well, you also watched uh, Bates Motel season finale I didn't even or series finale. I didn't even know this thing was still on. What season did it end on? Uh, season five, it just ended. Wow. Um, it's, Bates Motel, if anyone isn't aware, is an adaption of Psycho from uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I believe. I'm not sure if yes. he wrote that, yeah, but he, he did do yeah. the movies Directed. of the original um and it's a really good adaptation and in my opinion they kind of go deeper into the psych of norman bates his mom and it actually leads up to the things in the movie uh and then they twist it in different ways than you than you don't expect and what's kind of nice about this series finale unlike most uh, series finales this one actually was a very satisfying ending uh sometimes there's so much build up and then you get kind of either an abrupt ending or um some ending that just uh, didn't explain anything this one wrapped up everything pretty nice and neatly and it was uh more than what you wanted and i highly recommend it if you like into if you're into that kind of kind of creepy thriller series it has kind of a mystery to element with it which each episode and norman bates going a little crazy but uh, i highly enjoyed this uh series finale awesome uh, did you watch this show um, you know what? Uh, at the time, uh, I was watching this with my uh, ex-girlfriend, but um, unfortunately, it, it didn't capture my attention. I would just fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think I watched like maybe one to two episodes. It seemed interesting, but just so many other things without. You know, we're in a really good time where so many good TV shows are on, and you got to make some hard decisions on what you want to watch. But, uh, well, I'll definitely keep it in mind. So enough about TV. Um, let's talk about some games we're playing. Mondo, you were playing Sonic All Stars. What what is this? It's a 360 game. It's on the Xbox One with the uh, backwards compatibility. Actually, me and James were uh, on it uh, over the weekend, and this game is so much fun. Um, you get to level up your drivers. So basically, once you level up a certain driver, you get uh, unlocks, and it can range from a different type of racing style. It could, uh, for example, your acceleration can go, you know, to greater heights or greater lengths for that or a balance type where everything across the board is a little bit more balanced. So you'll have uh, better handling, acceleration boost, uh, certain perks awarded to you, just to name a few. 
And this game is really fun. You can complete challenges to unlock new tracks or unlock new characters. Um, on the 360, I believe I had DLC where I actually unlocked Metal Sonic, I believe, and one more map. So I have to double check that. On well, Mondo, I, I think you're burying the lead here. This is basically a Mario Kart ripoff. So let's go ahead and call it for what it is. It is not, sir. It's not because you it, it's in the title, Racing Transform, so you can go land, sea, or air. <laughs> yeah, just to keep it simple, uh, it is a pretty – it's a, actually a great yeah. Mario Kart alternative, especially for people that don't have a Nintendo system. It's the best you can get on uh, alternative systems. And it's actually really fun in the sense that this game captures speed very well. It should since it has Sonic on the title. And it has a – Cool mechanic, like Mondo mentioned, where there'll be sections of the map where you go from a traditional cart to uh, a boat or a uh, flying vehicle, and it kind of changes the way the map uh, transforms as well, no pun intended. Uh, but it's it's really good, actually, and it's a good way to hold you over for anyone that is looking forward to Mario Kart that's coming up or doesn't have a Switch uh, in general or Wii U to get Mario Kart. And it's really cheap now. I think it's maybe... 15 bucks, definitely something to think about if you want a kart racer. Very, very fun, in my opinion. I think I uh, they gave this away on PlayStation Vita uh, for the PlayStation Plus free games. And I remember playing it now that I think about it there. And one of the things I like was the funny characters like that you would never expect to be, like a Golden Axe character. And you had somebody from... Right. Uh, yeah, you know, Shinobu. Yeah, yeah. You, know who's, you know who's a funny guest character in this game? Danica oh. Patrick. Yep. Out of all characters, Danica <laughs> Patrick's in this game. <laughs> exactly, she's right? She like cartoony or no? She's no, she's in her race car. Yep. She <laughs> has her game. human form. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> weird. And they also have Wreck-It Ralph in there too, which is which quite is odd. odd. Um, but uh, it fits in the game, and it's it, the game's really fun. So if you're into kart racers, quick note: I actually won with Wreck-It Ralph. You did. Who's your yeah, go-to character? Um, anyone. You can ask James. I'm pretty pretty good at this game. So yeah, Mondo's uh, relatively good in Mario Kart. Uh, not Mario Kart. Uh, the yeah. Kart racers in general. No, no. You but... said it. This is, this is the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right. same thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's that's what makes it fun. It's a it's a great Mario Kart clone. There's not much out there if you think about it. Yeah. And uh, the ones that are out there are pretty much non-existent or garbage, I guess, since it doesn't ever get mentioned. The only thing I can think of that's as good at the time as Mario Kart, and this is going way back, is Crash Team Racing. Any of you oh, remember that, that on PS1? I never played that one. Oh, uh, that was great, that. too. Yep. But uh, other than that, that's all I can think of, uh, other than other Nintendo properties like Diddy Kong Racing, That which actually, this is kind of reminds me of that, too, because there's flying segments kind of like that as well, where you can mix and match. Some people can yeah, fly while someone on that. the ground. So this is a very... Similar to that, but just in a fast pace, like a super fast. It's uh, speed is definitely the uh, the intention in this game. All right. Well, um, what about uh, anything else, Mondo? So we were playing Black Ops Two. Um, it's a really well balanced game. Um, it carried all over uh, carried over my stats, which is a nice thing to see. But uh, other than that, it was just good getting back into uh, some old school Call of Duty without the jetpacks and wall jumping it was more of a uh, traditional kind of like you're going from one end to the map and there's none of these uh well still campers of course but you don't see them kind of uh jumping around all over the place with their jetpacks that's 
it's kind of deterred me or uh playing these new call of duties i just kind of stopped playing i think it was the the beginning with the uh, advanced warfare that introduced these flying jetpacks and this new ability to jump at great length in the air and you can just pretty much either snipe or shoot down your opponent uh and that was like a that strat right there or strategy uh i didn't like because it, it just added like this odd element into the game which kind of uh took me away for a bit uh well as for me i actually both myself and james passed zelda breath of the wild not me um, no not you unfortunately mondo so what we're gonna do is if you want to hear us give our full spoiler impressions we're actually gonna say that to the very end of the podcast because i know some of you are concerned that we uh spoil stuff too much on zelda so we won't talk about it but hang on to all the way to the end of the show. It will be past when we say our goodbyes and everything. And we'll have that little uh, segment where we talk about Breath of the Wild, all the end of the game, and our impressions on that. But what happened to me was I then finished that game, and I was like, yeah, Zelda, awesome. And I immediately popped in Zelda Twilight Princess, the HD version for the Wii U, because I actually happened to have that because I bought – I love buying the Amiibo and they had the Wolf Zelda or Wolf Link. And I literally bought that Amiibo, even though it came with the game and I didn't even have a Wii U. It just, it sat on my shelf and I finally got a Wii U and uh, I, I popped it in. And this was a game that I started to play back in 2006 when the Wii first came out, the regular Wii. And it, it was a cool game, but you know, back then the Xbox 360 was out. It was in high definition, and going back to the Wii, it was standard definition, and I just couldn't finish it, and it completely fell off my radar. But all right, hit that mute button, Mondo. <laughs> um, and it just—it—it it seems cool. It is nowhere near as uh, open world as Breath of the Wild is, um, but it's interesting to see these graphics kind of. They look nice and crisp, but you can definitely tell it's an older game. Uh, I prefer the art style of Breath of the Wild better. Um, and obviously, it's been a number of years, uh, almost 10 years, from one game to the next. But I'm still going to go through it, uh, and I'm going to see what happens. And uh, here I was again, and I pulled out a little strategy guy because I just I want to cruise through it. I don't want to take <laughs> forever. I just want to straight line through this game and just get through it so um, how does it hold up though uh to compare to let's say the new zelda is well, it look, a contrast and gameplay I'll, styles? I'll tell you what doesn't hold up is this notion of having to go through this little tutorial where you're a little kid in the village and you're helping people right. around town and you can't even get into the action and that's what i loved about breath of the wild is that it jumped you right into the action within five minutes you're on your own out in this world so I played for about an hour. I'm not kidding you. I don't even have a proper sword yet. I have a wooden <laughs> sword. So that's, that was a old Zelda trope, right? Just yes, that epic long tutorial. So I can't tell you how it holds up in the long run yet, but I'll report on that in in later episodes. Sounds good. Uh, another thing I've been uh, playing is you know we always touch on Destiny here. And I just have been getting frustrated. They they came out with these raid challenges that. It was a way to provide old content and increase the difficulty. And I've just been having frustrations with it because you have to get into groups of six people. And this means going out there and using the looking for game system to pair up with you know, a group of people that you're not 
familiar with. You got to learn how they mesh. And I just haven't been able to find a good group. And I was, I literally, I wrote on our outline that I was so frustrated. I'm done with it. I'm just going to take a break until uh, Destiny 2 comes out. And then Mondo, yeah, I know, right? And then Mondo got us into a great group last night and we, we passed it in about an hour or so. And it just reminded me of when things are clicking. It's a, it's a good amount of fun. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, but, you know, we'll see some – the things rotate in terms of the challenge modes. So I don't know. I may be on and off with it, but that was a, a good run that we had yesterday. And, you know, I still continue to go back to that game. Did you guys use uh, uh, the Xbox LFG to find your group or what? Oh, yes. Yes, we, yes, we have been messing with it. Um, I didn't have success. Because um, you know Why? Why? Hashtag, you have to know what you're doing. That's <laughs> I know. A, just a little real, inside joke. <laughs> people get real snarky with their thing. It's like, must have experience, must yeah. know what you're doing. And I tend to avoid those groups. I don't want to deal with it because they tend to get frustrated very quickly when things aren't going well. But I, I feel like I've had better luck replying to people's posts rather than me setting my own posts. So um, some mixed results because the last couple of times I was really trying to find a group. I couldn't. So, But there's definitely people on there posting. It's just I, I guess the people that do it are a little more hardcore and I don't want to be in their groups. So I was trying to find casual groups in there. So that's, I guess, what made it harder to find a good group. Is there a hashtag for casual? Yes, there is. I was yes, about there to is, say and that. I used it. <laughs> yeah, or um, the one I like to uh, kind of – look up is a uh, hashtag uh chill be chill um you know also you know don't quit when i see don't quit it's just like okay you know here's a bunch of guys uh getting a group together uh they're not they're meshing well but you know they're, they're missing that one intangible so if you join them you can actually help them out or give them a little bit of advice like hey why don't you try this strat i'm sorry but strat is what we call a strategy um so it's it's really interesting so yeah, next time you may want to try that, Ron, if you're doing anything alone, uh, you know, just be chill. Don't quit. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, mix and match your hashtags when you're using the uh, LFG. OK, I'll definitely give that a shot. And uh, what about you, James? What have you been playing? Uh, after my Zelda completion, I was hyped just like you. Like, oh, maybe I'll jump into another open world RPG <laughs> <laughs> just to see, just to bring back that feeling again. And I started up Final Fantasy 15. I know Mondo brought it up maybe in the very first episode, and I wanted to give it a shot. Um, I kind of, I felt like maybe I should have given a little bit of a break because this is coming right off Zelda, so there's a lot of expectations that did not be, uh, didn't, wasn't met in a sense that. In Zelda, you can go anywhere in this open world and climb things, climb anything. And when I jumped into Final Fantasy, it's an open world, but it doesn't feel as open as Zelda. And I, I missed things that I could do in that game compared to uh, this. I'm a big Final Fantasy fan in terms of the old school games, especially the Super Nintendo days, uh, Final Fantasy 6 and uh, 4. In America, it was 3 and 2. And I honestly think that this game might have benefited from being turn-based. I really don't like this combat. It's very weird in the sense that I feel that it's very shallow. You kind of just hold a bun and it just starts attacking away. I, I would even prefer it if it was Kingdom Hearts style where it was more action based. This one is kind of like a middle ground between the two where you, you see an enemy and it'll lock you into that zone unless you run away. Uh, but when you fight, you literally just hold a bun the whole time. It doesn't feel like there's that much strategy involved. And I wasn't a big fan of that. Maybe because I came out of Zelda where it was very highly skill-based where dodging and 
critical strikes were more important. But in this particular game, I wasn't into that. The story seems cool so far. I made it up to chapter five, I believe. There's oh, wow. some cool little, uh, there's some pretty cool Easter eggs for past Final Fantasy fans. They'll like they'll have the soundtracks of the old ones in the car. Whenever you're driving, you can pull up the old soundtracks, and it's cool hearing, you know, Final Fantasy Nine battle music or you know the fan favorite Final Fantasy Seven. It yes. comes stock in the How car. How far back do they go on those? It seems like they go pretty far back because there's Final Fantasy One music. Oh, wow. Um, there's actually you, Final Fantasy 3, James. Uh, did you pick that one up yet? Right. Uh, what I was going to explain is that to get these, you have to go to these stores that sell soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll find them. You, it's kind of like buying a CD off at the warehouse. You mm-hmm. go and you see it. You use Gil, which is the currency, and just buy it if you see it. And then you can just start playing it on the on your car. What's What this game nails very well is not only the graphics, but the scale. Some of these enemies are ginormous. They're like... I would say God of War style in the sense that you're very tiny and you fight these giant, giant titans. Um, but Shadow as a right, Colossus. Yeah, kind of. You don't jump on. You don't, yeah, it's not it's as interactive as that. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to complete it. I'm still not. I like it. I don't love it. I'm hoping for the second half to be uh, impress me a little bit more. Right now, it's not as focused in terms of the story. It's kind of broad in the sense that you are with your you know your bros these guys and they just uh are driving to uh get you married to this other kingdom's uh females but that doesn't seem very interesting right now and there's some events that happen in between but still not that interesting so i'm hoping that if the story gets focused later on i'll give you guys an update later on maybe youtube Mondo, if you continue to play it well that's interesting uh to hear you talk about the battle system because i did get the same kind of vibe when i played the demo um, I wonder how that's going to hold up multiple hours in when you're like 20, 30 hours in. I wonder if you're going to be like, oh, enough of this already. I, I do wish they would go to the more turn-based combat. That's just uh, – it works. I know it's an old um, you know, system, but it works. And you know, But let me know how, how you like it after multiple hours have come by. And Mondo, are you still playing this game? Uh, on and off. Um, I've just been kind of uh... – trying to fix my uh, Elgato and my editing stuff, but I will hop back into it uh, once I get the chance to do so. Um, just one thing, though. Um, would you say, James, like the combat system would benefit? Like, I don't know if you played uh, Crisis Core. Do you feel that it should it should have gone that route a little bit with the... Uh... Eh, that was okay as well. Um, I would prefer if they were to go action-based, either go full action in the sense that it's kind of like God of War, but with hit points, or... Um, Kingdom Hearts, same thing. It's more Zelda-like. Zelda, as much Zelda as possible if they're going the action RPG route. <coughs> this format <coughs> feels just weird in the sense that you are attacking like a regular action game, but their hit points are like a traditional RPG, and it's just it's equivalent of a bullet sponge in shooters. You just keep slashing away by just holding a bun, and they take forever to die. So I maybe when you get overpowered later on, it gets better. But as of right now, uh, starting out with low levels, it's not as uh, not as satisfying. All right. Well, uh, on to our news. Uh, today was the day when the Call of Duty announcement trailer was revealed uh, for Call of Duty World War Two. This is a return to their roots as the series goes back to World War Two. And uh, I think very much in response to, you heard it earlier today in the podcast, 
Mondo and James complaining about, oh, there's too much jumping and too much future and too much this and that, and probably a reaction to the success of Battlefield 1, which is their biggest competitor, which sold a lot more copies than that last Call of Duty. I don't even know what it's called. I've kind of fell off the map on these games. Uh, this seems interesting. This trailer very much relies on its uh, D-Day landing and all that. And it seems interesting. It's very gung-ho. It's very like, you know, you got to do this. And I don't know. I, I haven't been very excited about this series. I kind of stopped playing it a few games ago. What do you guys think? Uh, first correction, it's called ww2 not world war ii okay <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh because that's not what they're referencing at all correction <laughs> i'm just letting you know what it's listed on the box it doesn't say okay. world war ii just ww2 and uh uh just want to correct you there that call world of duty Wide in- <laughs> uh, call of duty infinite, <laughs> infinite warfare which is the last one while the most quote-unquote disappointing still was the bestseller of last year just fyi it still it did outsell uh, Battlefield. Of course, Call of Duty is yeah. a mega seller. It's never gonna stop. It's just not as big as it used to be, but still the number one seller. So, but is it fair to say that the critical reaction tended to lean towards uh, Battlefield? I, I would say so. Um, I personally thought the campaign was great. Actually, in the last one, uh, I was actually excited when they went to space. Um, and there, g- generally, the campaigns of all the Call of Duties has been solid. Uh, last one was just extremely. Uh, crazy in a sense they finally went to space you know everyone was kind of wanting that at one point and they finally got there but it it kind of suffered in a sense that the multiplayer wasn't as good so that's why it got such a uh, mixed uh, review it pre- pretty much it was a, a a lesser version of black ops 3 multiplayer which was actually pretty good but you're supposed to go you're supposed to get better every game not worse every game but the campaign was definitely excellent and uh, in terms of this one i'm actually really excited I'm, i've been you know, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm into more of the boots to ground gameplay. But what's kind of cool about this ca- uh, campaign trailer that they showed is that we're going to do Normandy Beach again, but in next gen. I'm actually kind of excited to see that. We haven't seen that since what? Uh, first Metal Warner. No, it wasn't oh. in Call of Duty. It was, they had their own beach raid, but it wasn't Normandy. Um, uh, they It was in Medal of Honor, I believe, Alliance? One of those Medal of Honors. They did the D- uh, D-Day beach thing. And um, they're redoing it again, this time with more cinematic flair, of course, the next-gen graphics. It looks like it has that guy from uh, Mondo's favorite series, Transformers, that Josh Dumel guy. Uh, he seems yeah, to be the other. Like him. <laughs> he seems to be in it. But what's kind of exciting about this is not only the campaign, they seem a little bit more ambitious with the modes. There seems to be a kind of a co-op multiplayer campaign that's a whole separate thing. That's literally just Correct. a campaign. It's not a, a, like a horde mode or a zombie mode. And what they mentioned is that in this mode, there's a kind of like an MMO. Um, there's a big uh, open area, open hub where all the players are in. It's like 30 players in the same hub that they can meet up with each other and then go on to missions or whatever this this multiplayer is. They haven't explained it really well, but they showed a screenshot where it had that. I guess you could say it's equivalent to, you know, in Destiny, the tower, I guess. But with a ton more people, it looks like at least 30, 30, 40 people in there. there? Like a I social space area. It's I like guess. a social space, but it's, uh, I think, maybe to meet up to do the whatever the multiplayer campaign or whatever those are. They haven't detailed that yet, but it seems like they're going to run heavily with the co-op stuff, mm. which is cool. And it's nice to go back to uh, the OG guns without the red dots, no scopes, the weed logos everywhere. 
<laughs> like in the recent <laughs> Call of Duties. But yeah it, yeah, it looks cool. I've always been a Call of Duty fan. I like the the gunplay has always been the best part of that game. Um and uh, I'm looking forward to this. It seems uh it seems like going, you know, hate to fall into that marketing <laughs> back to its roots, you know, figure to, you know, figuratively <laughs> since they went they did call they did World War 2 before, but that was at least 10 years ago uh at most since Call of Duty 2, so it's finally a nice change of uh, pace. Yeah, that was definitely one of the games I bought a Xbox 364, and I, back then I thought it was amazing. I thought it was the best graphics ever. Dude, that uh, game was, Ma- was dope. <laughs> yeah, Call it was great. Too. Yeah. Uh, Mondo, what about you? Are you in on uh, Call of Duty or COD WW2, whatever they call it? <laughs> <laughs> However you want to pronounce it, my friend. Uh, I am excited. I just want to get more details on the, like James explained earlier, the co-op campaign. Uh, that's something I loved in uh, World at War. Um, I don't think me and James actually got to finish that, but it, it was always a lot of fun, you know, playing with your bros, uh, doing the co-op. And I like the fact that you can choose a co-op campaign or a solo uh, campaign if you just want to play by yourself. And that's always interesting for me. Um, also, the multiplayer aspect, I was always a big fan, uh, and I'm going back to, uh, as an example, at World at War. Um, the the dogs, uh, the... Uh, forget what they're called the uh the kill, the kill streak. streak there we go the kill streaks uh you can send like a canine unit and they just kind of devour like <laughs> all the other opposing team members so that was always fun so i'm hoping that comes back in uh cod ww2 or call of duty world war Two. uh the debate will continue i know somewhere uh at a bar uh <laughs> but yeah so i'm hoping you know they bring back some you know amazing kill streaks because that for me that's always interesting even though i'm not really that great hopefully they'll still bring back the uh i think they always have the care package and you know you can randomly get that by chance and it's always fun to to get that and i always love to see those dogs just kind of just you know you can hear them coming whether you're with the person who has that kill streak or not it's always an amazing feeling like oh my god the dogs are gonna get me and you either have to stab them at the right moment or you know you just just die. <laughs> uh, those dogs did not appear until uh, World at War. It was based on Correct. the Pacific Theater. So, uh, and it's a different developer. That was uh, Treyarch. So it'll be interesting oh. to see if they include those dogs. I don't know. That may be their own thing. That's true. This one is uh, by Sledgehammer. So we'll see how it goes. It seems like they at least are, since they are under the same studio of Activision, they have a single mind in terms of what worked well in the prior ones. So they hopefully they'll uh, keep whatever's good from the past games. Yep. All right, uh, next up, uh, PlayStation Plus games for the month of May so that you guys don't accuse us of only covering Xbox news. Uh, two two games, uh, both of which I think I'm going to download. The first one is Abzu. This is a very stylized, uh, beautiful-looking game about some dude underwater, and he does stuff. I mean, this is the worst description I could possibly give. <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> but I heard he was good, that? and it looks nice. <laughs> I think it's heck? supposed to be equivalent of Journey, but underwater. Perfect. I'm in. So uh, I don't think any of us have played this, so I'm I'm gonna definitely download it. Uh, any of you guys interested in this? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's free. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Free is always uh, good. Also, Tales from the Borderlands. This was the uh, adventure game from um, what are they called? Telltale. Telltale Games. Um, I played the first episode. It seemed promising. I just didn't want to spend money at the time, but I'm gonna definitely uh, download it here. On uh, PlayStation Plus, uh, James, I'm pretty sure you finished this. Uh, what did you think about this? 
Right. I actually, this is probably one of the best of the Telltale games, uh, in my opinion. It has, you know, the Borderlands humor. It has a great soundtrack. And I really like the characters. They're very funny. It has a lot of uh, cameos from the characters from Borderlands themselves, such as uh, Handsome Jack and some of the characters that you play in those games. I would recommend it, especially if you're going to play just one Telltale game outside of Walking Dead. I believe either Tales of Borderland or Wolf Among Us are the elite tier of that group. Okay, now last month, uh, Walking Dead Season 2 was announced. Imagine I have the ability to play either that or this Tales from Borderlands. What would you recommend? You know what? Season 2 was actually great as well, (laughs) Um, especially since you beat the first one. Might as well do that uh, and then just start Tales of Borderland after that. Okay, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Um, Well, uh, what about you, Mondo? Uh, Any interest in Tales from Borderlands? Played the first episode, but I didn't get to finish it, unfortunately. So, you know what? I will go ahead and download those two games, especially Tales Tales from the Borderlands. And I'm going to give that a go either tomorrow or... No, wait, you said this is out in May. So It's in May, so, you know, it may be throughout the course of the month. It may not be immediately on May 1st, so just keep an eye out for it. Okay, I mean, it is PlayStation, so... Um, Well, talking about free games uh, that are available, uh, the Xbox uh, games with gold that they're giving out for the month of May is going to be the Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams Director's Cut. Uh, That's going to be for free. Also, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. I have Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. I completely stopped playing it. I think you and I all we all co-opt this, um, mm-hmm. and then I stopped playing it. <laughs> but it seemed interesting, and I don't know anything about Gianna Sisters. Which one you guys want to talk about? I think I'm more excited about Gianna Sisters. I've beaten Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. You guys bailed out on me on that, so I had to keep that on my own. <laughs> um, we were playing Destiny. That Lara Croft is a four, good four-player co-op, a little top-down, isometric uh, view, I guess – Third, I guess, uh, stick shooter, twin stick shooter yes. mixed with puzzles. Yes. So that's fun. It's a fun game. I, it's good to play with bros more so than by yourself. But uh, I'm more excited for this Gianna Sisters in the sense that it's uh, a platformer. There's not many platformers out there uh, on consoles other than, let's say, uh, Rayman. That's all I can really think of off the top of my head. Um, and this is one of those indie developed ones. And it has an interesting concept in a sense that you are one person that is also sisters, so you can switch between the two sisters, I guess, and it changes the world at the same time. So it's a mechanic in the game combined with just a, a general platforming gameplay. The only thing I know about the Gianna sisters was they've been making these games for a number of years now, and some of the earlier ones were like legitimately a blatant ripoff of like Super Mario oh, right. Brothers. The one on uh, Nintendo, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so it was kind of funny, and I remember seeing an article about that uh, some a couple of years ago. So that's interesting. Well, you know, if if it gets a good buzz, I'll I'll probably download it again. They're free if you have an Xbox Live subscription, so keep that in mind. Um, hey man, also, it's at least worth a shot. Since yeah, it's, free, it's so. worth downloading. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have a Xbox 360 still, or if you have on backwards compatible, um, starting on Monday, May the first, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed two is going to be available through Xbox Live and also Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. That'll be on the 16th of May. Um, I've played both of these. Now, Star Wars Force Unleashed 2, I passed it. I bought it when it was brand new at the time. Um, I didn't like it as much as the first Force Unleashed, but it's definitely worth a playthrough. It's just cool Star Wars lightsaber action, and if you like those type of action games, I had fun with it, Um, but not the best storyline in the world. And... uh, 
what about you? Uh, either of you play Force Unleashed 2? Right, I agree with you. I, the gameplay was better in Force Unleashed 2, but not the story. Um, I, I, fi- I think they couldn't figure out which was the true ending from the first game. And they just made up the second one uh, yeah. in terms of the story. And it's very, it's easily passable. But the gameplay is pretty fun. It's a God of War clone, but with uh, Jedi's, uh, you know, you got to get that Star Wars music. You got to get the lightsaber action. And it's an interesting concept in the sense that you are technically a bad guy in this universe. So it's worth a shot if you're a Star Wars fan. Mondra, did you ever play uh, any of the Force Unleashed? Uh, on PC, so I didn't have a controller. So uh, I will download this and... I'll see what the difference is. Um, okay. And uh, the other one was Lego Star Wars. Um, I remember, I, th- I think I rented this. Um, I I don't really like the Lego Star Wars games. Or I'm going to say this more broadly. I don't like the Lego games, period. I get what they're trying to do. They're kind of fun. They're, they make serious movies into kind of fun. But Ultimately, the action is you're just mashing on the button, and then occasionally you have to hold a button down to build some type of a bridge or some type of a thing, and then you can unlock a bunch of characters. Uh, I just – I don't like these games, uh, so I'm, I'm going to skip this one. Too casual for you, bro? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> on, easy operations. It's an easy game to yeah, play. Yeah, but this you is just there. like mindless – You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's not for me. So you you guys don't seem too interested in it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. We'll move on. Um, also in the news, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite oh, trailer God. was released. This is the new uh, fighting game that uh, is not so much a sequel to Marvel versus Capcom three, but just the, the next one in the series. And what this one is notable for is that it brings back the uh, Infinity Stones from Marvel Heroes. Superheroes. Superheroes. And uh, I like that game. I'm interested in this one. Uh, this one, this trailer is more to set the tone of the storyline. Um, I'm going to start with Mondo because last night we were talking about this and you were kind of crapping on the story trailer here. And and go ahead and, and tell us why. Yeah, I mean, just judging by the overall trailer, you can see that it's heavily influenced by their mobile games. Uh, Conquest of Champions. Uh, that was one thing where it kind of just like threw me off. I'm like, this better not be one of these uh, casual type fighting games. I mean, we kind of saw that uh, the easy uh, accessibility in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 where the button layout was just literally four buttons. A, you know, like a, a weak punch, medium punch, and a hard attack, I believe. Uh, yeah, there were attacks, not punches. So I, it, I didn't like that. So I'm just hoping um, that it's not that the fighting system and the button layout is more traditional. Um, but yeah, the graphics didn't grab me. Uh, they just, uh, they, they look like it's just a, a mobile fighting game. And I hate to say that, but it's a mobile game fighting ripoff. Okay, so using... you're, you're kind of saying something a little bit different from last night. So I'm, I actually agree with you. I would prefer a six-button layout. The last one was three buttons and then your pop-up move. Uh, I will agree with you on that one, but you were talking about the story last time that it was too influenced by the Marvel movies, and oh, yeah. I didn't have we're, a problem with that. Characters, uh, yeah, but let me just finish it. Which is, I, I guess, I I pose the question of like, when have these storylines and these type of games ever been <laughs> very interesting? Anyway, you know, right. it's just an excuse for these characters just to be all in one universe. It doesn't have to make sense, and I think what's important is to nail down the characters and the look and feel of them, right, James? Right, and yeah, and it's there. 
they're at least attempting at a story. The other games didn't have any. So, I mean, it's something that's better than nothing. And in terms of the look, it's just the look. The game is still Marvel vs. Capcom. It's not going to change. The only thing that's different is that just maybe you're not happy with how the character designs are. But I don't mind them at all. It looked better to me than the comic book style from the last one. I mean, that style was cool. But I'd rather see the graphical, uh, inf- uh, the fidelity improve. And uh, they had side-by-side shots of it. They really showed gameplay of it that released today. And it yeah. looks just like Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, <laughs> I see. Looks nothing, no difference. The only thing that's cool is that there's more effects with the gems, which looks really cool and insane the way that they take part in the actual fight. Um, but I'm excited. And you're going based on a first trailer, so you don't know the overall roster yet. So yeah. who knows? There might be... Uh, I'm looking more forward to deep dive Marvel characters, hopefully. Maybe Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I'll be down for that. Or maybe Black Bolt. That'd be cool to see in these games because, you you know, they have a limitless supply of characters that they can tap into, especially if it's based on the Marvel movies. Um, you know, maybe Winter Soldier would be cool. Uh, you know, Wasp or Ant-Man. It'd be cool to have them in there too. So, uh, James, or- let me ask you this. Uh, we were talking about yesterday. Does Do you know if the uh, limitation on using the X-Men characters applies um, – Two video games as well, or is that only a movie thing? Uh, that's a, a Marvel thing in a sense that they do, they're doing that in the comics as well, where they're downsizing uh, the use of X-Men or even making X-Men comics so to devalue the movie franchise because they're giving them free publicity. So this is a Marvel thing, not a Disney thing, although Disney is own, owns Marvel, but Marvel Studios still controls uh, that portion of you know marketing and how they want to do that. But... For the game, it's unconfirmed right now. They haven't shown any X-Men characters, so yeah. it's pretty much safe to assume that either it's they're going to only have maybe a few, or it may be a DLC later, or may not include them at all. So that's why I'm saying if they happen to not include X-Men characters, I hope they go deep dive with the Marvel characters that are out there, that you know, not the traditional people that we see every game. Yeah, I yeah, that's imagine. one of my big concerns that we're not going to see like the you know Wolverines, uh, yeah, Berserker Sci-Fi. Barrage, yeah, you know, like <laughs> the, you know, and on, to be honest, you know, those are the fan favorites. But um, in James' retrospect, it's like it'll be great to see like Squirrel Girl or uh, what was it Deadbolt, uh, Black Bolt, Black Bolt, uh, you know, just make an appearance. And I'm hoping Bolt's uh, a lock. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, my mind is like not there right now, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just hoping we'll see uh, different characters. Not, you know, unfortunately, I'm just I'm just gonna go out there and say it. Not Disney. Uh, we want to make a profit, get to know these characters, so you can go out and see the movies. Kind of characters. You gotta realize that they, it's Marvel that's making these decisions. They Disney is just own, they just own them. The movie, you, you, the reason why the movies are good is primarily because of Disney. So, do you not like the movies because they're Disney? No, no, I just don't want them to cut out certain aspects because they're owned by Disney. You know, that's, you know, that's not the main reason, though. It's not that's not the main reason. See, you're not getting me uh, what I was mentioning earlier. Marvel's making this decision to do that because Marvel Studios they only own certain aspects of their cinematic universe. Disney didn't make Marvel sell their characters. This is this was already like this before Disney bought them. So in efforts to devalue X-Men, they are doing this on their own. They did this on the comics side already think, uh, already as well. Disney did okay. not make this decision. So keep that in mind. This is Marvel's decision before Disney ever bought them. All right. All right. Well, last piece of news here. Uh, 
is Night Trap. The 25th anniversary edition of this game has been announced. I can't believe it's been that long since this game came out. This game originally came out on the Sega CD. I didn't have that game back then, or the Sega CD, I should say. But I remember that back then it was filled with a lot of controversy because they, I believe it was some senators were accusing this game of being like uh, you were spying on women in the game and they were scantily clad and all that. Uh, I mean, if you look at the trailer in retrospect, it's just it's laughable the, that this was even a controversy. But uh, I have a thing for full motion video games, and I am all in on this. It's campy. Yeah. It's corny. <laughs> I used to I used to have a 3DO, and there was a bunch of those. Uh, full motion video games on that so i'm in on this and i even want to pick up that box copy because it looks like an old sega cd game and it might be kind of a little collectible to have on your shelf so i'm i'm interested in this i'm excited i don't think the game's gonna be very good that's kind of the other side of the coin to it is that these (laughs) games all were all terrible but it's just funny campy action right i agree with you did you ever get uh mad dog mccree uh, no, that? but I played that in the arcades. I wanted to pick that up for uh, original Wii. I got to go on eBay for that one. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a funny game. <laughs> I feel you. it's it's funny that it's on here. This, this <laughs> night trap. This might be beyond most people's uh, ages, but definitely uh, definitely looking forward to it. I'm into this campy uh, old school FMV games as well. What about you, Mondo? Are you any interest in night trap? Uh, not so much. But never had a Sega CD. I wasn't really into the full motion video games. Okay. I I thought that was like the future, like every game. This is like real life. They're, they're, it's video. You know, I just thought it was so cool, but <laughs> it didn't turn out that way. Um, all right. Well, look, we're running about an hour long now, so we're going to start to wrap this up so we have time for our uh, Zelda spoiler class cast. Uh, any plugs that you guys want to mention? Um, at the current moment, uh, you can catch me, you know, my same, uh, YouTube, uh, streaming on Beam, streaming on Twitch, Twitch Mondonium, uh, you can just look me up on, under Mondonium, also on Beam, under Mondonium, and you can look at our streams. I guess that's all right. All and, uh, if you want to send us any show feedback, we have our email address, easyoperationsqa at gmail.com we're uh, welcome to hearing your thoughts on this and as always leave us a review on the itunes or the google play store uh, and let us know what you think of the show hopefully it's a five star um, doesn't mean we're the greatest ever but it's just you support the show you support what we're doing so uh with that in mind we thank you for listening and uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up goodbye everyone see you guys later Right. Well, uh, Mondo, do you want to stick around for the spoiler section? What do you want to do? Um, you know what? I'll listen to you guys. I mean, pretty sure when I pick up a uh, Switch, I'm not going to remember everything. So <laughs> Yeah, and to be honest, uh, Zelda is a game not necessarily... It has a very minimalistic story anyways. It, the spoilers in this game is more of the events or things you can do and things that you come up with or may surprise you that's what i think the main spoiler of this game rather than the actual story all right guys and spoil away i want to hear okay it. so last chance for everyone this is spoilers on zelda breath of the wild uh james this is what i want to ask you uh when i looked at our time because we have this little spreadsheet where we keep up our time 
Uh, you've often been accused of blowing through games, and I see you at 45 hours. Whereas I'm the one looking up <laughs> solutions online. I'm trying to cruise through this game. I'm like every you know damn shrine. I'm looking up the solution. I blow through it within minutes, and I have 60 hours. How do you explain this? Well, one, I'm good, bro. I don't <laughs> die. <laughs> no, uh, I know for a fact that you were telling you, you know, when we we're discussing this game, that you were gear hunting a lot. I didn't do yes. that very much. Yes. I just come up with whatever I find during my journey. And if it happens to be something that I need or have to use, I get it. I wasn't actively looking out for things outside of the Master Sword. Did you even um, get it? Yeah, I got the Master Sword, which okay. is cool. So okay. the main, my main things were just get the enough shrines to get enough hearts to get the Master Sword. And then from then, I kind of felt like, oh, okay, I did the beasts. I got the sword. Now let's finish this. And then... Um, you know, the side quests, while entertaining, are not very, you know, you don't need to do them. I think they don't give that much of a good reward, uh, in my I agree opinion. 100%. Uh, none right. of the side quests will really give you anything meaningful. Right. So I just wanted to ready up enough and have uh, at least some of my armor sets uh, upgraded enough to make it a little e- <clears throat> excuse me, make it a little easy for me uh, once I get to the final boss. What was I, your loadout I, for the final boss? I had the, the champion's tunic. Uh, that's you know the the, the and you gear that you it see up to max. I leveled that to max. I had the I don't know what it's called, but it's the helmet that has a skull on it and has like red dreads on the Berserker back. Berserker one. Yeah, that gives attack plus eight or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So that. Okay. So that one I had that, and I had the um, the 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 pants. Ah, I forgot what they're called too. They look kind of like it has kind of layers on them, but like armored layers. Oh, like the I've, the chainmail one. Yeah, the chainmail one. Yeah. Okay. So that that I I don't know you know that doesn't give any gear bonuses but I just no. went for whatever looked cool yeah <laughs> and was enough for me to get there and uh, you know out of the whole game I believe that Thunder Blight Ganon was the hardest boss even more so than Calamity Ganon would you think? I I agree a hundred percent just Thunder Blight and it was even just more for how fast he was and my reflexes just were not enough to counter them. Um, but yeah, that definitely was the hardest one. And and just to give our my impressions about the game, this is uh, the very definition of the uh, journey is more fun than the destination. Because what a terrible ending! And oh. and, and by the way, this was that you and I. Well, I, I'll tell you, I got the quote unquote good ending because I got all the memories. And it, she's just like, "Do you remember Link?" Do you remember me? And then, and then, like he Such doesn't Anakin answer Skywalker it. Voice. Yeah, he doesn't remember it, and it's just like, you know, it's like everything is is good, and you you save the kingdom, but uh, yeah, no, I just there have been right. other Zelda games that just the ending felt more epic, so I right. I was a little bit disappointed in that. I agree. This it's it falls in line with the story in a sense that it, the story in this game is more of the things that you do rather than the actual real story of the game. Um, more of the ventures that what got you know how you got to top of the mound or how you got through this mm. you know section of the game. That's was more of the storytelling for your own personal thing rather than the actual game story that they're trying to convey. They were all done through the memories. And, yeah, that, you know, while- that's what I wanted to say, which was that 
the the really meat of the story is explained in those memories, which right. I would never because I've seen all the locations. I honestly, mm-hmm. I would never have gone to any of those locations on my own if I didn't <laughs> look it right. up and to see it's, where they were. It's kind of funny because this game, uh, since it's breaking all the traditions, is that even that story elements, which is is, is hidden behind the behind the memories is also optional you don't have to even do those yeah you could just go straight to the boss if you wanted to and just yeah beat him which i heard you can i actually looked up a video on how that looks i want to look at that now yeah it's the boss is completely different in the sense that uh he ganon uh, thunder no sorry not thunder like calamity ganon he has you know the full health bar because the divine beasts don't shoot him yeah but he has all the powers of the other other wow the beast as well so it makes yourself uh it makes it extremely hard on you and then I, i'm still surprised how people have done that i'm <laughs> just thinking about it and they do it with that one life outside of the great plateau so that's amazing. people are really skilled but yeah. yeah the the divine beast just overall the divine beasts were really good the dungeons i was yes. actually surprised that there was only actually i like this format compared to the older zeldas in a sense that there's a bunch of mini ones that are a little bit more simple and they feel very good in the sense that when you complete them, you feel good about yourself. I know you use guides, so you don't feel the same thing. Um, but the dungeons in the, this particular game, the, I think the hardest one was that, I forgot what animal it was, but the one where you had to spin the, spin the wheels inside the stomach where you have to, it like rotates kind of like a lock. You remember that? Oh yeah. Um, that was the salamander that you had to, that you had to put electricity to it. Right. Uh, I don't remember if you put electricity, I think, but it, you, it's those three plates that you kind of move within the middle and it shifts just the center portion. You don't, you the actual base doesn't move, but the inside of the base does. And, and you, you could be like on the ceiling or whatever. Yes. yes that one oh, was the no, hardest one. That was a salamander. Okay. That was a salamander. Yeah. Um, that was a difficult one. And, and I had trouble reaching, uh, one of the little, checkpoints that was on his uh, scales mm. uh, i had trouble reaching that one um did you get to use the master sword on any of the bosses other than ganon no uh, yes because i got the no i'm sorry let me say let me rephrase that no i didn't because i got the sword after i beat the bosses does it do oh. anything differently um well it's just does a ton of damage to them and oh i bet and I bet. also it it also lights up for um the guardians so you could use oh, it on really? the guardians yes but it will break with on even though it light up it lights <clears> up <throat> it can still break <clears throat> on them um so for me i you did mention that i went to look for gear i got the complete set of the climbing gear i got the complete set of the um the zora gear of the knights gear that chainmail one we were talking about did you get the um, the what are they called? Gamoras or Ghidoras? Gamoras? I forgot what they are with the G. Uh, the, the girls? The Guardian? No, huh? the girls. The oh, one the girls that, one? Girl clans. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you have to. to. <laughs> they won't let you in the city. You have that's your to. Favorite, that's your favorite gear, right? No, but you know what's funny is that with there's the nothing top? else that will uh, let you survive in the desert. When I actually got the full set of the uh, lava armor, mm-hmm. I tried to use that in the desert, which makes sense, right? If it's protecting you from lava, it should protect you in the desert. <laughs> um, but it didn't, and you only have to use that uh, armor out there. It was funny. That's because you're wearing so much that it's, it's too hot in the desert. You dehydrate yeah, and die. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I got the full set of that. I even discovered all four of the ferry locations. I got the 10,000 
uh, rupees that was needed to unlock that fourth one, which was kind of a waste because I really didn't have the resources to upgrade to the to the <laughs> right. highest. So you just unlock um, them just to unlock some, them? Some of the resources to upgrade to the highest potential on some of the items were very hard to find, and the game doesn't really tell you where those are, and I didn't feel like farming the stuff. So I really didn't max out the thing. Um, and also... I had one piece. This is what I went into Ganon with is the guardian armor that that little robot sells. Mm-hmm. I got the uh, chest plate for it. And yeah, I, that guardian I, armor is the best looking one in my opinion. And it, it was cool. it was a very strong one, but I just didn't have enough uh, guardian parts to upgrade it to the fullest. Um, you had to really spend a lot of them, not only to buy it, but to upgrade it as well. So I had that. I had the chainmail pants. I had the little cloak that you have like a hood on. I yeah, leveled that, that up. Cool. To, yeah, that and cloak? I leveled it up to the maximum, and it just it looked cool. And uh, yeah, Ganon was an absolute piece of cake. <laughs> One thing that was, I guess, good and bad. Good because I really wanted to finish the game in time for our podcast, but bad because it's, it was a bit anticlimactic. Was you mentioned to me that I can just run right through and 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 get to Ganon, and I right. did, and I and I mean it wasn't a piece of cake, but like. I didn't go through much of the interior of the castle, and I just was climbing on the outside as right. best I could and avoiding the laser guys. And I finally got to him, and I beat him on my first try. I had plenty of low, you know, food that would give me maximum, uh, you know, hearts and and strength and defense. And right by that uh, time, you're like OP, especially with that. Uh, salamander skill where you have that force field that shoots back three times or can take yep. three hits yep. and attacks back those are good yep. for those laser uh, attacks that ganon does and that that was a very easy and it looks cool though all the ganons look cool like the oh, way they, they look great them. all of them yep. um unfortunately i didn't sense any story to him like they didn't explain <laughs> they, they kind of like vaguely said that he was once not bad or something like that uh i didn't really get that portion of it and uh when you were did they it, it, when you beat him or at that last boss you know when you're on the horse and you gotta shoot the spots yes. is it implied that that zelda was just in spirit form the whole time and she could have just done that anytime that's why I don't, <laughs> you know how i she, think you i think you weakened him I see. So her, for and her to come she, back. Yeah. And that's when the Triforce does come on. And that's then, what I saw. I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. When I'm like, oh, I finally see the Triforce. And it came yeah. in a cool. And uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned that Ganon doesn't say anything. There's like no motivation for Ganon. Uh, he literally says nothing. <laughs> right. Um, and like, and it's like, uh, like he took over 100 years ago with no explanation. Yeah. Uh, but I did like the, 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 the world building aspect in the sense that the world is already taken over. At this point, and you know, you, everyone pretty much died the first time trying to kill. That was, that cool. was a loose cannon. Yeah, <laughs> Ganon. loose cannon. Ganon. <laughs> right. That so was that, cool, and that and portion just, was cool. And the yeah. whole like making preparations to to prepare for it again. That was cool. Right. So yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, excellent game. It, it is absolutely one of the best Zeldas ever for me. But just it does kind of fall apart at the ending, but that doesn't really take away from it. Right. Um, I love this game. I don't know if I'll replay it. I don't know if the replayability is there. Maybe it is because it's very open ended. What of the DLCs that's coming out? They haven't announced what they are, but what if it's story based? Is that something so, that will bring uh, you back? I, oh, I'm in 100%. And I wonder, and I'm really crossing my fingers that they release it for uh, Wii U because that's the version I have. And oh, that's I hope right. they, I forgot. Yeah, and I hope that they have that version available. 
pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't want to lose out on sales. Might as well do true. that, and it's, it's for the same game. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll I be that. That's that's the point where I'll come back to. I'm actually surprised that when you beat the game, it doesn't just drop you back in the world. You literally have a one save that has a little star in it that shows you that you beat it. But it's the last save that you have before going to Ganon. So if but, you were to go you back, you could in probably the world, um, quick travel out of there, right? You could, yeah, you could travel out there, but yeah. you still have to be Ganon again if you. Oh, you know, I get, yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't have to technically. Uh, I don't know what the story DLC is going to be, but uh, I'm curious to see how that is going to be implemented because the end game, there is no end game, there's no new game plus or anything like that. So I'm gonna put this down for a bit. I made it in time for Mario Kart uh, that's coming out this Friday, and mm-hmm. um, also Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, that game is awesome if you yeah, like Tetris. I, I think I'm uh, going to probably start up uh, Doom. I left it about halfway on uh, on PlayStation 4, so I'll probably get to that. One last question I got for you on uh, sure. Doom is we talk, you mentioned Event Tide Island. I actually looked up what it is. Do you know what it is? Uh, No. Okay. What is it? So it is a shrine quest, but basically you go to this island and it takes away all your gear. So it's kind of like you're stranded on this island. And you have to like find your own gear and kind of find these little objectives to even unlock the dungeon. And then it gives you some type of a prize. The video I saw didn't spoil the prize for me, but it just was interesting. And it seemed like kind of difficult because you don't have any of your tools available until you complete it. So it's like you're starting from scratch on a very difficult island. Interesting. I wonder why they uh, – wonder what makes it so special. I guess you have to play it to understand it. Another thing too that maybe whenever the DLC comes back – that I want to uh, follow up on is um, those dragons that fly around. I'm not exactly sure what to do with those. Because if you touch them, you get hurt. But I don't know how to take – I mean are we supposed oh, to take yeah, them down? I, or I, No, I don't think you can kill them. But they drop a little scale or a horn. And those are worth a lot of money in the shops, which is how I got enough money to, to oh, pay for Oh, you kill dragons? Huh? Or whatever uh, those well, are. I didn't kill them. I just shot arrows at them. And you got to find the long-distance sniper type – arrow and yeah, I want to go uh, straight right yeah like the falcon but, arrow or whatever they call it some of the uh there was some little fairy shrines that that was the quest item in order to unlock that little shrine was to have a piece of one of those um ah. uh, little dragons so it's it's mostly for a quest item yeah because that that part was crazy when i first saw those things like holy shit yeah uh, you know excuse my language but those were huge and they're just floating around you know what it reminded me of you remember in uh, final fantasy 7 when you see the ultimate weapon flying around like, yes. uh, in that second portion of the game, yeah. I was like, whoa, what the heck is going on? What is this? Yeah, it um, does freak you out when you first see it. Um, yeah, especially at night because they only come out at night, right? So it's, uh, yeah. And they're just like slowly moving and they fly over you. This game is epic as epic can get. And then, you know, it's – if let me ask you something. If for the next Zelda, whenever that may be, like four, five years from now, do you want it to be the same format? I would be okay with at least one more game just kind of like – redoing this format and uh, maybe improving a couple of things here and there yes i i liked it a lot okay just make it yeah because i i you know uh because i was kind of surprised because it was such a survival-esque and a lot of uh micromanagement and mechanics in this game i kind of figured you may not be into it but it looked like you were so glad to hear and yeah i didn't think i would one. be uh into it as well some of the weapons that degrade did bother me but as you can see, I, I clearly I put the hours into it, so I was digging it. Yeah, I feel yeah. That was a, and that didn't even feel that long. Like I, even though it was forty five hours or for you sixty, to me it didn't feel long for whatever reason. Um, I just I guess I was enjoying it that much. Yep. 
All right. Well, that's our impressions for Zelda Breath of the Wild. And uh, that'll do it for this week. And uh, stay tuned until next time. Good night, Take everybody. Easy, Take it easy, Mondo. Take it easy. Have a good night, guys.